Ladies and gentlemen, stand cheer for the Bulldog Fans Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt and Scott, on their way down the tunnel at ANZ Stadium, on their way to the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Go up as one for Matt and Scott, the NRL Bulldogs Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matt. How are you, buddy? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Let's just start the uh, podcast on Jacob Carraz agreeing to a two-year deal starting in 2023. Um, impressed. Game one against the Brisbane Broncos. in look out of place. Yeah, spoke about that a couple episodes ago. We also spoke about um, how he was playing in this World's Cup beforehand. So that's good news. A Bulldogs junior and a Bulldogs fan as a kid as well. Yeah, and he did say after a... I saw him being interviewed by the club after the Souls Cup game, and he said that there was a few clubs came knocking after that uh, first game performance. So it's good to see us holding on to him. Mm, good talent to hold on to. And so let's go to some other good news. Yeah. A fan favourite, Raymond Fatale, a Mariner. No, he's not named in the 17 this week, but he's named on the extended bench for the Bulldogs. Good to see him back. He hasn't played since round yeah. three last year. Yeah, I think he's named in jersey number 23. So, um, fantastic to see him name in the extended squad. Do I expect him to play this week? No, but just the story overall. Uh, his career was on the line. We're talking about possible medical, medical retirement. So, congratulations to Raymond. Um, and hopefully, hopefully in the back half of the season, he can string some games together. Mm, and I was actually went on to go look at the New Souths rugby league website to see him if he was going to be named in the second row or maybe yeah. if he's been moved into the prop and but the whole competition New South Wales is not really playing except for the Bears and the Seagulls this week so there's no teamless Tuesday for New South Wales Cup teams or Jersey flag teams yeah. you could even see Raymond where he would be named in the New South Wales Cup I'm interested to see uh, what happens at that that standalone New South Wales Cup game this weekend um I'm wondering if we'll see a push for the NRL to include the Bears as the 18th team sometime this week. Although it is already Tuesday. Wednesday. No, it's Wednesday. <laughs> and I uh, haven't heard anything yet, so probably nothing's going to happen. <laughs> you know, then they will tell you it's not even June yet, so they don't need to make announcements. Um, it's, not a, <laughs> it's not a Bears podcast. I, I asked what was going on a couple of weeks ago. They said, we'll have an AGM on Monday. We'll tell you afterwards. It's about two months ago, I think. <laughs> yeah, they all must anyway. have had, maybe they all had COVID or they decided it's still early on. You don't have to push too hard early. I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, it's not about the NRL or the, the Bears. Bulldogs, unfortunately, Scotty, another disappointing performance. Um, I think um, Trent Barrett's midweek press conference this week really summed it up. It was um, just really disappointing to see the errors that were made uh, during the game. Now, the basic errors um, are extremely frustrating for I'm sure the coaching staff and the fans that we followed up uh, a very good performance against the Roosters with something like that. Well, this one... Not going to be rude to the Raiders. Should have been a win. Should have been nothing less than expected by the Bulldogs going for a win. Unless if something dramatic happened and three or four players dropped down injured early on in the stages in the game and we didn't have replacements. The Raiders w- w- were weak. 
coming up against us, we had a close to the full strength side compared to the Raiders. Yeah. Um, the Raiders have been awful this year. Awful. And they weren't great either on Friday. They weren't even close to being great. And they beat us. That we beat we should have won this. We should have been looking at it after being the Roosters. We should go and we should beat the Raiders. We should beat the Knights. Then our season's looking quite good. To back mm. it up like that, that was pretty much pathetic. It was pathetic. It should have been a win. Bulldogs should have won. No questions asked. They were the favourites and they dished up that. That was just absolute rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I think the frustrating part for me is it's changing though. At least that's that's the thing. Bait, like you're never happy with basic errors being the problem, right? So they're gonna be wrong there. But I did say, especially early on, signs of the players starting to gel together. The players starting to work together to get each other into positions that they enjoy playing mm. in. Um, but we didn't see a lot of it, because, or enough of it, I should say, and that's probably because we had a higher error count. But uh, the first 10 minutes in particular, the way the halves were linking up, the way the, the team was um, getting Burton the ball earlier was a bit more time away from the defensive line. He had a couple of great runs. Um, I see that sort of stuff in the game as the players started to gel better together. What we've seen so far in the Bulldogs, I believe, is um, the good stuff has been individual. Vernon's mm. kicks, 40-20s, all the, the spirals, Adokar using his pace. Over the last couple of weeks, we've seen Burton put on plays for Adokar. Flanagan put Burton into spaces where he can run. Stuff like that. So I think from that perspective, um, you know, the, it, we're going to get there. It's going to get a lot better, the jelly. However, to come up with that many errors, uh, yeah, really, really disappointing. Um, just, yeah, 69% completion rate. We only had 42% of the ball because of how poor the completion rate was. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you play, 69% completion rate. You're not going to win. So. Yeah, not at all. Um, would like to congratulate Matt Burton for scoring his first try with Bulldogs Colours. Yeah. Um, but what's the go? Kyle Flanagan not kicking goals. Like, we're not being told anything from the club. What's the go? He's by yeah. far the best goal kicker in the 17. Then you probably would say Jake Avrilo is the second best goal kicker. You got Aaron Shopping can kick goals. Yeah, and I think when, when Flanagan first came into the team, we will say one of the benefits of playing and being in the team is that he can goal, he's a better goal kicker. But also the, the other benefit to that is that Burton has less responsibility. He's mm. already running the team, doing all the kicking. Now we're asking him to goal kick as well. Uh, Flanagan takes that away. And, you know, it's easy for the fans to sit there and say, oh, this guy's better than that guy or, or whatnot. We don't see what happens at training. Like, you know, maybe Burton's kicked a 1,000 from a 1,000 at training and he's better than Flanagan. Generally speaking... That could be an argument. However, as soon as Flanagan came into the team, Burton stepped back. Mm. As far um, as goal kicking duties go, straight away. There wasn't a let Flanagan have a couple of weeks to get his groove back in the NRL before doing it. It was the first game back. Um, <clears throat> so that leads me to believe that there must be a, a small leg injury or something like that that Flanagan's carrying into games that the club doesn't want anyone else to know about. Yeah, but it brings there up are... conversations like this if they don't yeah. say anything. Yeah, but there are certain injuries that um, won't prevent you from running or kicking in general play that do play out when you kick off the ground. 
So I'm wondering if Flanagan has a has some one of those type of injuries in the end call or something. Mm, maybe. But still you got Jacob Rillo's probably a better goal kicker than Burton. And well the uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say Avarillo's better than Burton, but I'd go as far as to say I'd rather Avarillo kicking because it's one less thing off Burton's plate. Mm. And shops <laughs> kick quite well at cup level as well. Mm. That I don't know. I just just want Jacob to bring that. Perez kick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just thought maybe it's worth something, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was pretty. Well, a pretty disappointing. It was. It was a woeful night. Being a Bulldogs fan, it was just felt after a win. Yeah, you really there's no excuse. In, you really wanted to build in the season, didn't you? Like yeah. as a Bulldogs fan, and it just it just it feels like there's another stumbling block. Um, I don't know. I I've come to the conclusion that I have to change my expectations going into football games. Um, nine. What are we? In? Nine rounds in now. <clears throat> my expectation has now changed to the. And this is sad because if you go back to the start of the season, I said this as well. My expectation is that we're the worst team in the comp again. And mm. that's the expectation I'm taking into games now. Um, and the performances against the Roosters, that victory, that's going to, you know, they're going to be bright sparks throughout the season. But the Bulldogs probably don't deserve to be favourites going into any game. I said that at the start of the season and then... We've kind of gone on a roller coaster a little bit, haven't we? We've climbed up and, and come down, but I think uh, that's the conclusion I've come to since the game against the Raiders. But I think uh, there's no. I don't know if that's just to protect myself, though, Scotty. Emotionally, going yeah. and expecting nothing every week, and uh, if you get anything, it's um, it's a bonus. Um, who knows? Why? It's round nine. We've always said that the we won't see that they play their best football until mid-season. We're a few weeks away from that still. We'll see. Well, I'm just wondering. We we say that we're the worst team in the comp. Well, you're saying that we're the worst team in the comp competition, but we I'm should be. That's, that's the expectation I'm taking yeah. into every game. But we should. I think, we should. I think it's got more to do with protecting my own feelings. Yeah, <laughs> my I'm own just saying we shouldn't any, be. Because a couple of years ago, we had a couple of years ago under Dean Pay, we had the worst squad probably ever seen, and we weren't the worst team in the team in the competition now we've got a much better squad and we've gone backwards it's yeah still we've, we've talked about Dean Pay and how that was not handled the best um but we've got to go off what we've got now right so yeah I know I get that but I'm just saying that we we could have had that excuse two years ago mm. as a fan group but I think now when you have the players that we do have in our thing this is a squad that realistically should be pushing for the top eight the very very least out of poor season missing the top eight yeah but you look at the teams around us, right? So let's have a look at it. Bottom bottom five teams will go. Mm-hmm. Um, Raiders. Awful side. They played on the weekend. They yeah, had a yeah. very, very weak side, and their team has been piss poor all year. But we've got Raiders, West Tigers, Titans, and Knights. Now, in the two teams closest to us, there are Titans and Knights. The Knights started the season on fire. Two wins in so a Full strength. Newcastle team. It's not just the wins, though, mate. If you watch the games, the way they played those games, they looked like the, the style they were playing, the intensity they were playing, the mm. purpose they were playing. They looked like a top four side. Now, it's fallen away quickly, but they looked really, really good. The Gold Coast have pushed Parramatta all the way in games this year. Team that knocked off Penrith. 
and they're the two closest teams to us on the ladder. That's why that's how I've come to that conclusion. Uh, West Tigers have been uh, in the last three weeks, two wins, both very impressive. Um, the Raiders are upsetting, but they're three positions above us on the ladder. But I, I look at the squads of Newcastle. Ours looks better yeah. on paper. I look at the squads at West Tigers. Ours looks better. Look at the squads of the Titans. Ours is on par. Look at the squad, what the Raiders dished up and what the Raiders have. Ours is better. I disagree. I'd say on paper, the only team that we're better than is Newcastle. On paper, I would say we're better than West Tigers. No, I think Hastings no. changed a lot. Hastings has changed a lot. And but... Luke, Luke Brooks, Daily M, halfback. Yeah, was struggling. Um, no, but on paper, on paper, not recently. I'll, no, not recently. But when he shifted it to a different position. But I'm saying you, on paper, if you take team, the Knights on paper at their best, oh, sorry, not the Knights, the Titans and the Tigers, and, and pretend that all of them are playing career best football in those squads, and then take our team playing career best football. I take the other teams. I'll take us hands down against those teams, and we just. Going backwards and backwards fast. So I would I want to bring this question to you, and they don't like talking about it. But if if Knights win, which I think after what we dished up last week, Knights yeah. walk away. Knights deserve to be favourites. I haven't looked at who's favourites or not, but Knights definitely deserve to be favourites because they can actually score points. Now took them a while. They had a few weeks of low points, but we've been we're the worst attacking team in the competition. If Knights win this weekend, is that Trent Barrett gone, or should that be Trent Barrett gone? <sighs> I'd say no because um, Gus said no. <laughs> Gus said only a couple of weeks ago Barrett will be as round longer than he is. So I am going to take that as Barrett is safe. Uh, and if anything, any news pops up again throughout the season that says anything opposite, I'll take that as a surprise. Okay. Not too what big of a surprise though because it's Gus. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I was going to go to that. Not too big of a surprise because it's Gus. But Griffin, but, um, super safe at top four. But yeah, 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 that's right. Um, but just for, yeah, like we can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna want to go through the season sitting here after every week going. Oh, what does he have to do to lose his job? Type business. No, I'm, just gonna, to... I'm just gonna think he's gonna be fine until we start hearing otherwise. Okay. No, I was just saying if uh, I reckon a loss to the Knights is gonna bring. Oh, uh, it bring pressure. I tell you what, it's not a great way to open Magic Round, is it? No, it's not good at all. It's 6 p.m. Friday. First, ga- first, game, first game of Magic Round is the Battle of the Spoon, at least it for now. Be. It could be. The winner could could be the win they've dodged the spoon with. That's right, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe they could bring out some of the best desperation for Because I do remember the Eels versus Titans a few years ago when they were fighting for the spoon. And it was, actually was quite an inter- interesting game in round 26. Mm. Titans won. That was quite interesting. It went down to the wire. Um who knows why bring desperation football, but I, I don't know. I I can't imagine, even though Gus says what he is, because I, I couldn't trust him as yeah. far as I could throw him, um, with what he's done with other coaches, I couldn't see Barrett losing this game. And then if, if it's a couple of weeks after him having a job at the Bulldogs anymore, like I would be so surprised and I'd be questioning Gus's role at the Bulldogs if... I, I guess the thing that saves Barrett a little bit, or might buy Barrett more time, is the fact that Gus wasn't around all last year. Mm. So maybe Gus is going from it. Okay, before I was here, I, I wasn't Clean here, slate. so I, I can't 
judge anything there. I didn't see what was going on inside. I can only judge from now. And he so came in late late last season. Um, late last season year. was already gone. Yeah. yeah. He's like, all right, next year, Trent Barrett starts off clean slate. So I suppose if you look at it, possibly in those eyes, Barrett's record's not too bad, right? Like, you don't want seven losses and two wins. But if you had... Um, well, he's always been true, like a year one if coach. You had a, if you had a year one coach, you'd go, it's too early to make a judgment. So if Gus is looking at it that way, perhaps, who knows? Could be. Okay, could be. That's a fair... Maybe, yeah, maybe I've just accidentally stumbled across the answer. <laughs> you might have been, because it... I don't know, you could be right. Because that's the only way that makes sense, doesn't it, now that you think about it? <laughs> it's the only way it makes sense, because it's it's an interesting yeah. one, and it'll be interesting, but the fans will keep yeah. um, tweeting oh, and posting oh, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, this well, is getting the, worse the, by the week. The other thing that doesn't think that it's... that makes me doesn't think that it's coming up is that the fact that the media's not talking about it at all. Mm. At this present time, they were a couple of weeks ago. The pressure started to build up after round seven, um, but that's just disappeared completely, hasn't it? So, mm. one to other things. Anyway, I think we should go towards the points for the rounds, which which weren't the easiest, <laughs> and then oh, uh, perhaps move our way on. Eh? Yeah, where do, you, where do you want to start from? One point. <laughs> I'll, I'll, go first. First. I'll, I'll, I'll go first, mate. This time. Um, Yep. I normally leave it to you, but let's go first. I had Matty Burden on three points, so he was my player of the of the week. Obviously, um, look, I mentioned it a little bit uh, earlier. I thought Flanagan got uh, him, especially early in the game, got him some early ball away from the defense and gave him some time to to assess what the defense was doing and take a couple of runs. And I'd like to see that develop in that combination gel further going forward. Uh, in saying that, Burden, you said Burden scored his first try. Uh, he had a couple of half breaks as well. I I think, I know we said we're going to talk about players and move on, but I think what also made that loss against the Raiders disappointing was it wasn't like we weren't creating chances. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of times we were making our sets of six were making a lot of meters uh, and we'll have half breaks and line breaks, um, but an error would come across. So it felt like if we just hold the ball, we could create points in that game, mm-hmm. which doesn't always, which isn't always the feeling for the Bulldogs in the last couple of years. But I think that made that even more frustrating for the fans. Uh, but look, I haven't looked at any stats this week. I've just got off the eye test, um, and I've well, my eye test, and I've gone with uh, Burton uh, with the three points. Hard to argue. Here's a fun fact before I forget it. Mm. Is the Bulldogs captain's challenge was three from three. Perfect. It's very rare. We've been used to when since yeah. the captain challenge has been in, we throw it away right. in the first six minutes or something like that. I, I think there's a few teams that have done that in the past, but I'm pretty sure we've never been free from free. Oh, the, no chance. We usually throw it like <laughs> the first 10 minutes. We'll, yeah, yeah. Some, we'll throw, oh, I don't know, we'll knock the ball on three meters forward and usually go, well, yeah, we'll just put that up there. Well, I suppose before we move on, Scotty, you brought up the captain's challenge. A lot of people would have been saying, um, why didn't add a car challenge early on in the game? I think if you did, it would have been taken off us. Because the real book does say that you need to have a kicking motion. And it looked to me as if he dropped it into his running motion, if that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I thought thought he'd generally put a kick on it. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't see enough of a kicking action to separate it from his running motion, that I would be confident in the bunker overturning. And he could so if, he, if, he, if he did that, it wouldn't have been free from free. It would have been none from one. And... 
<laughs> he couldn't challenge it either because that car ran too far away from everything. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. when he grounded the ball, Ben Cummings said that was the time because he blew the whistle despite a handful of Raiders and handful of Bullocks players not hearing it at all. And well, this is an interesting. Run. This is an interesting one because also the ten seconds actually starts from when the referee explains the decision. But that's what you so, use that as. So if captains actually go up and instead of like in that situation, Josh Jackson, if I don't know if players are caught onto this, and this is kind of like the thing I brought up last year about players could break purposely break down the play at the play the ball. Just rip mm. the ball out of the guy's hands or lay all over him to get the to get penalized to then challenge something else. I think this could be similar. The captains could take advantage by pretending not to know the call and walk up to the, the referee and say, What did you what what was your call? Because the referee then has to explain his decision to the captain, and the captain can go, challenge. So you can buy yourself some time. Um, so if Jackson walked up to Ben Cummins by the rule book and said, mate, what have you called there? That's a, that's a try. What have you called? And he goes, oh, I've just called a knock-on. He goes, oh, challenge. And you're the, you can't turn yeah. around and say, oh, it's been longer than 10 seconds. You just told me what the call was. I didn't know what the call was. You just told it to me. So it'd be interesting to see if captains, coaches, whatnot, catch on to that and see if um, if that works. Yeah, interesting thing, too, with the Josh O'Carr thing, even if challenged, Yep. Even though Ben Cummings said it was the 10 seconds because he ran away with it from the whistle was blown, even if challenged, the whistle was blown, therefore it would stop the try anyway. Yeah, it would have been. If we challenged it... It would have been a mutual infringement. That's what the, yeah, yeah, so it yeah. looks playable for the... Good play. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, how was the, usually back to the previous playable, which was the Raiders had the ball because it was an intercept what was dropped uh, into no, the court. No, no, there's a difference between... So they would, they they would play the, the play... There's there's a slight difference between uh, challenge successful replay the play and mutual infringement. A mutual infringement that would have been a mutual infringement, and that's like the old rule when the referee got hit by the ball. Except in, in this case, the winning team that challenged. So the team that should, should the team that should have ended up with the ball would have it. So I'd imagine it would have been an Adokar play the ball tackle zero, where he dropped the ball from. I wonder. To bring now bring that up before we go, I go over to my points. Yeah. If Cummings was using that to protect himself. Using what? Do you just say that you've used your ten seconds? We're gonna play the scrum because if they went for a challenge and the Bulldogs were successful, oh. he just he butchered a try. That's and you can't down. take it back. That's going down the dark over you, isn't it? <laughs> well, I don't know. He's been he got demoted last week to our game again. Um Yeah, well that that's poor, not poor performance. Change. Whether it should have been a try or not. Doesn't change because he's prevented the team from challenging. But to accuse no, the referee saying... of purposely not letting teams challenge—that's a new ball game. No, well, I that's a pass ball game that might end up getting a sued. No, no, I'm just saying. I just, I'm just saying that it's just if he challenge, if it was challenged, mm. and then the bunker said Adokar was playing after he dropped the ball. That was him taking a strike with his foot. Then he regathered the ball cleanly. However, the whistle was blown at this point. Yeah. The Bulldogs would have Trent Brown would have went back to the press conference and said we will rob the try. There was just a blatant yeah. try because your bunker confirmed it that was a try, but Ben Cummings uh, blew his whistle too quickly instead of letting that play run yeah. and letting it go to the bunker. Before. No, but yeah. I'm just saying like, and that could have been a game changer there because it would have been the first yeah. try of the game. Could have been. It would have been a good lock and load moment. 
for right. the coach to use. Listeners want to know who got your mouth the match. Oh, Matt Burton. There was no surprise because I think he was the only player who played decently. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to make the rest of your points interesting. Even if you're listening to this and you're a Bulldogs player and you end up with two or one point from Scott, you know that you did not play decently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I'm oh, big, I, I think it was a, a really, really disappointing performance. Two points. I went with Josh Hedekar. I thought he tried uh, really hard. Um, I haven't looked at the stats, but felt like he was having an impact on the team. He tried really hard throughout the game like he has uh, every game this year. His leadership is showing as well, so I couldn't go past Adokar for two. Who did you have? I had Jerry Rush for King for two, and the reason why I thought he started to look really good towards the back end of the second half, creating a lot of opportunities, and then he was taken off when he started to make breaks. He started to make breaks. It's very ha- dangerous. I was actually happy because Biondiana actually got more than seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, I was... I was definitely I was calling for Bailey Beyond Dioda to be on. I'm not saying the inclusion of Bailey was the wrong one. I thought there was an opportunity to play both of them mm. in that period and see if we could we could have done something with that. Because Marshall King started to look really good. It was probably the best he's looked all year in that second half. And then I felt like he was really just almost every touch he was doing, he was running very selectively. And every time he did it, he was making meters. And I felt, yeah, he's going to be the guy who breaks the game open for us. And then he was on the bench for the rest of the game. And then I was thinking, I think that was a big coaching, mm. like a call that Trent Barrett, I think if he had his time over again, I think he would either left Bailey Biondiota on the bench for longer or figured out a way to get those, both those Bailey Biondiota and Jerry Marshall King on the field and playing together. Oh, don't know if I like that. Defense, defensively, Marshall King's a small body. Biondiota's a small body. I know Burton's a bit bigger, but he's not like a big tough guy. He's um, tall. Uh, he's a 5'8". Flanagan's a smaller body who's defending really well since he's been back in the top grade. And then you've also got Avarillo, the smaller body in the centre. So not sure if I agree with that, but um, maybe bringing Marshall King back earlier or something. Sure yeah, just something. Just something yeah. I just felt like Marshall King was going to be our most likely... We're going to score points off him. If it was a good run down the middle, then next play of the ball, we score off that. Or mm. if it was him making a break and then him going back in the inside to Dafty or a support runner back in the inside for a Flanagan or Burton, I feel like that yeah. was going to be the most likely for us to score points. And we started looking good. He started making runs from our own half, going into the Raiders' territory. And then it felt like when he started to get confidence in the game, um, you took a look on... They showed a shot to the bench. He was just staying on the interchange bench. He was just staying next to Trent Barrett on the, the sideline. And I was thinking, oh... Yeah, okay. And for me, um, one point, I give and I, I agree with you, Scotty, there wasn't a lot of a lot to choose from, in my opinion. And uh, you say players, um, not many players played decently. Um, I sort of agree with that. So I've had to go for my one point with a player who I don't think played terrific. Um but I did like a few things that he did, especially early on. I went with uh, Flanagan just because, like I said, early in that first half, Flanagan was looking up with Burden and his outside backs, giving Burden some space to make uh, some some half breaks. Uh, and, you know, I find that very, um, in an overall disappointing night, I find that as a, a small positive takeaway uh, to look to continue to look at going forward. Well, I'm going to say, I would say the best three about. Flanagan's our attack looks way better. Looks like we could kind mm. of see what we're trying to do, even if we yeah. fail. In he's, our he's, he's been a really strong defender this year. 
since he's come mm. back in the year I don't think I've ever noticed it before. So I don't know if I've got to go back and watch his games again or whether he's worked on it really hard over the offseason because his defense is solid. And he, no. he has said this year that he's trying to look after the things that he can control. And the first thing you, you can control as a footy player is your defense. So I'd say he's worked hard on it. Yeah, that's fair. I would say we look much, we look better. We look uh, yeah. better as attacking you, even though we might not be on the points. But the cop yeah. just looks, we just look better when it comes close you, to the You could line. imagine it. There's a possibility we don't drop balls this week or next week or whatever it is. It all of a sudden just clicks, doesn't it? Mm. Flagging yeah. gets to Burden, it gets a half break, gets the offload to shop, draws draws the fullback passes to Adekar or something like that. And when if that, those players start to click, and often it does happen with teams that are struggling in attack, it all clicks at once, and possibly you could score four or five tries. Because that's the thing against Raiders. We could have done it if we just stopped dropping the ball, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's that far off, to be honest. Who's your one point, Scotty? <laughs> I've given it to Aaron Schropp. This is um, the... You got Aaron Schropp, just before you explain why. I think this is the longest time it's taken for us to uh, give our points. <laughs> it's hard. It was very hard this week. Um, Aaron Schropp, yep. one point, just based on statistics-wise, 16 runs, 146 metres, 61 post-contact metres. He just, I don't know, even though I wouldn't say it was a great game for Aaron Schropp, I think he's played better games and not polled in our yep. before or yeah so he's played much better games it's just that you know he did everything I feel like he did everything in his power to make sure the Bulldogs were on the winning side it's just he's also one of those opportunity. players it's also one of those players that is because he's so consistent it's one of those players that he might fall into that category where you stop noticing it mm, yeah he will you just, oh, you just come to expect it. like Jackson you just come to expect the amount of work he gets through and you stop noticing it and you only mm. notice it when it's gone or uh, they have a, a, you know, one in a thousand night off or something. You know, oh, what happened there sort of thing. Yeah, that's not that's not like shop. When you start, no- yeah, you notice it when it's not, when he's not there, like when he's not on or not in the team. But if it starts clicking, I'm sure shop will have a lot to do with the attacking, uh, yeah. attacking friend of the club. All right, mate. Um, so that's the three, two, ones from us this week. A uh, bit of a change of the leaderboard now. So Burton, who collected six points this week, has taken those six points and gone to 17 points and is now leading the 2022 Player of the Year. Paul Vaughan is in second on 16. Third place, Josh Adekar on 10. Uh, fourth place is equal between Max King, Brandon Burns, Matt Dufty and Kyle Flanagan <laughs> on seven points. There's a big gap between first and, then, and third. And then um, Corey Waddell there on six points. Or, apart from, yeah, top six there, or new signings. Anyway, talked about that before. Massive gap yep. between first and third. And a car's got... Mm, yeah, he's got some to make up. He's got some vlog like, to make up. You might do it quickly. What's he got now? Six tries in three weeks or... Something like that. Yeah, I was just saying, he, he'd be someone who can do it. It wouldn't yeah. surprise you, but I'm just saying, you might be just keeping it cool if you listen to the podcast. You might say, mm, give it a week or two and I'll start. <laughs> Try, no, I don't know. I'm just joking. Um, well, we'll move on to this week. We've yeah. touched up a little bit. It's Magic Round and kicking off Magic Round is the 15th place Bulldogs versus <laughs> the 16th place 
Newcastle Knights. Believe it or not, if you go by Sportsbet to tell you who the favourites is, Canterbury are the favourites, and they're apparently they're expected to win. Uh, I'm Jeez. not too sure about that already. I'm not too sure. We are too. And uh, so far this year, we're zero for one. We're going into a match's favourite. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, who's doing the odds at Sportsbet? Is it the uh, Intel kid? From Melbourne, who's just looking at the ladder and pulled <laughs> yeah. above night. <laughs> wondering. Yeah. There's any Knights punters out there, they might be looking at that thinking there's some good value, shut up, because if they listen, yeah. they might swing the Knights back in. I'm a Bulldogs fan, I'm thinking there's some good value there. <laughs> Into the Knights, but yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, I kind of understand it. New halves combination again. Uh, but there's opportunities for the Bulldogs. Pong has been off, apart from the first couple of weeks. Uh, Edric Lee hasn't set the world on fire since coming back. Dominic Young has um, has had some issues in the past. Uh, Broman Best is a, is a great player. Chihuahua, I think, is a quite achiever. Tech Toy and Adam Clunes are, like I said, new halves combination. Don't, I don't like Hoy at six. Um, I'd be very worried if they move Ponga to six and Hoy to fullback. That would, uh, I think, unlock some attacking points for the Newcastle Knights. Um, they've got a pretty good forward pack. Clemmer, very experienced. Afidi, very experienced. They're like at hooker. Barnett's back. Fitzgibbon is in there. Leo Thompson's been really good this year. Um, I'm just reading out the Knights team now, aren't I? <laughs> they, yes, apart, right, from, eh? apart from Jacob Saifidi on the bench, the rest of the players are pretty um, pretty inexperienced. So definitely a chance for the Bulldogs. But, mate, I, I said earlier in the episode, I'm going to every game thinking um, we're not the best team. <laughs> Mm, you did. I wonder if what's put the Bulldogs in favourites, and mm. this might be taking a bit of a, a swig at Carlton Ponga, um, is that the weather for Magic Round is meant to be atrocious. Uh, yeah. It's meant to yeah. rain all weekend, and Carlton Ponga, shown pretty much time after time, and it'll probably be the week that he strikes in a wet game, is oh, that absolutely. I don't want to take away from him as a talent. It's just he just doesn't look comfortable when it's raining. You know, you see people like James Tesco, who's got all the talent in the world, and Tom Dravojevic, all the talent in the world. They've got the a different style of football to play. Like, they, they still catch the high balls. They still become influential in the game, maybe not as, you know, making all the breaks as and things the tries, but yeah. they're still running 160 metres. Have a say. Yeah. Kalen Ponga, every time it seems to rain, anything disappears. Seriously, like he seems to drop the ball two or three times. He then doesn't get involved in too much in attack. Um, he sits at the back and lose. You only go back a couple of years ago when we versed them, and they were talking about. Uh, I remember Fox Sports talking about how we had Nick Meany playing fullback against Newcastle, and they said, "Well, you have to give Knights the favourites because Newcastle have a genuine fullback who won't struggle under the rain." Meany didn't drop the ball. Kalen dropped it pretty much every bomb that went his yep. way. So maybe they looked Burden. at the odds. And- Burden could get a few of those spirals going in the rain. Yeah, so maybe they looked at the uh, the weather, the sports bet, and thought Perhaps. performance-wise in weather, the Bulldogs are a bit of a safer team when it rains. We mean, we beat New... Ah, uh, sorry. Newsland in the rain. We yeah. beat... Uh, we came very close to being Manly by one point. Manly are in the top... Top, top eight now, so maybe maybe the sports have gone well. They actually play quite well in the rain, and maybe the Bulldogs needed to be raining every week for them to have a real chance and taking the Ponga situation in. Yeah, possibly, but the thing is, Ponga's the new the new Dale Gagai. I think Dale Gagai has Gagai has removed him from this this removed himself from this this label. But I think Caleb Ponga, unless if it's Origin or close to Origin. 
seems to struggle. <laughs> Uh, and Origin's coming up, so I think he might just start warming up to uh, to that elite level just in time for Origin, and it might start this weekend, unfortunately, for us Bulldogs. Um, well, you, for the Knights fans, you just got really excited about the fact they'd locked him in long-term for a million <laughs> a year, didn't you? Well, like, if it turns out I'm right, he just needs to look at Dan Gargai and go, how did you brush that? A couple of years ago, he only... Dan Gargo played like he was the best center in the world, but normally only three weeks out from Origin and during the Origin series. <laughs> mm, that's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, interesting. I we're probably like now that we said that we've highlighted Kalen Ponga, if it's going to rain and it's wet and it's thing, get, we watch him now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, watch him now doing the James Tedesco. Or well, well I'm quite work. concerned that Ponga might play five eight. Hoy struggled at six. The land Hoy at six again. I reckon. Ponga at six and Hoy at fullback is a better balance for the team for Newcastle. So, um, and you probably say Hoy would be safer. I would say he'd be safer under the high ball on the wet. Yeah, and the Bulldogs team there's no real surprises really. Uh, we we say we I read the team every week, so let's do it again. Matt Dufty is the fullback. Wiggers are Brent Layden, Josh Adakar, centers Jake Avarillo and Aaron Shop. Uh, halves, Matt Burden, Kyle Flanagan, the props, Luke Thompson, Paul Vaughan, hookers, Jeremy Marshall, King again, second row, Corey Waddell, Tamita Pega Jr., Josh Jackson's the lock, the bench, Bailey, Biondiono, uh, Joe Stimson, Max King, Chris Patolo, the reserves, Josh Cook, Jackson um, Toppany, who uh, might get some LRL action in the next couple of weeks, according to Gus's Twitter account. Uh, Brandon Wakeham, Jada Lockingball, Raymond Fatalamarina, Paul Alamotti. That's an interesting inclusion there. And Ava Sinabella Oh, the referee's Paul Peter Goff. Your favourite? By the looks of that, I don't know, I can only see you, but... Uh, I know it's an audio. I think Matt's head just dropped. Almost head uh, by the table. He actually almost head by the table. I think hand. we've got a... Just from memory, we've got a really poor record with Peter Goff, which is one issue. But I also think Peter Goff's about the 32nd best referee in the NRL. So. It will be cool. Sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if, you, if you're going to put 33rd as Ben Cummings, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. Um, yeah, so. At least we, we got a win with Ben Cummings this year. That's <laughs> oh. all you can say for Peter Goff. <laughs> yeah, but we almost didn't. Excuse me. We almost didn't that Roosters game. We almost didn't. Um, if we win, yeah. Oh, I, look, it's, it's a I'd massive say... game, isn't it? Because like we're, we're joking about the wooden spoon cup and all that sort of stuff, but to be able to. Win that, take the two points not only for ourselves but off Newcastle. It's massive for us. Mm. But the way Newcastle are playing, if you said two weeks ago we beat the Roosters and we beat the mm. Raiders, we'll probably look at this game thinking this is a potential we could win by 12, like you know, a bit convincingly. Yeah. And really get off the bottom and be in that middle pack looking towards the eight. Um, it's. Yeah. Well, they should. Going into that game. If you Trent Barrett and the the players, not having there's not this is a game where it's no excuses they should lose. They'd be thinking that both teams will be going into it thinking this is a game not they have to win, they must win. Yeah. 
they must win. Both teams will be thinking there's no excuses to be going at full time with your with an L next to your name. Mm. Both teams will be thinking this is a game definitely for sure a W should be going next to the name on the books. Two points. They're taking two points back home after Magic Round and celebrating yeah. Magic Round with a with a win. But I must say, let's almost thank the NRL for giving us Bulldogs vs Knights a Magic Round. They must have known at the start of the year for whatever reason the Bulldogs and Knights are going to be at the bottom of the table. Could you imagine a 6pm game at a call or Bank West Stadium on a Friday? I don't think the NRL's purposely put that game as the opener to Magic Round. No, that's where your theory drops down. The NRL, Magic not... Round's a big event. You don't put your two worst teams to open it, that's for sure. No, I'm not saying that um, they've picked us to open I'm just saying I'm glad we're this is our home game this week at Magic Round. Yeah. I'm just saying, because this even if you put this game on a, t- a 4 o'clock Sunday and it's 23 degrees and sunny, I think it would be a hard sell to get people oh, on the ground to be excited. This this is interesting. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. This is interesting here. I've tried to find a stat while you're talking there from... Um, that I saw earlier on Instagram. I think it says that we've got a bit of better win record at, at Suncorp than Newcastle. I was just trying to get the exact percentage points. I think it's about 3% better. But I've just come across this from random stats guy. Trent Barrett's win against the Roosters gives him a 57% win record over Trent Robinson. This is his best against any coach in the LRL. That's it. I did not know that. There you go. That's interesting. Before or was it his time at with Manly? Yeah, yeah. Have to be. Have to be his time at Manly because I couldn't say we. Because the last eight. <laughs> well, Eddie yeah. Ross's stats. Anyway, I just I just saw lost. it. Thought I just saw it. Thought I'd share it. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. Trent Barrett would be loving the versus Roosters every week. If we do that, we're in the top eight. With those stats. That's it. All right, moving on. Well, that was pretty much the show. You don't have an old dog? No old dog this week. Oh, no old no, dog this week. No time to prepare this week. <laughs> Didn't pick a, a former player that might have um, had a big contribution to the team but not many first-grade games uh, at Magic Round? No, <laughs> not Magic Round. That would have been extremely hard to find, that one. There we go, we no old dog maybe this Maybe we week, could have so. seen Kieran Foran. <laughs> Something like that. No, he contributed. Anyway. He contributed well when he played. Yeah, off to the Gold Just Coast, not... yeah. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, okay, no old dog this week. So with that disappointment, <laughs> we'll end the show. I told you at the start of the show. I told you before you? we started recording. Yes, I said we're going. This is how we're going to finish it, and you still went with. <laughs> All right, well, I think let's you know. Hope. Let's hope a big crowd for Friday night is expected. Um, hopefully they get there early to watch the Battle of the Wooden Spoon and hopefully it's not us who are coming away with our our glasses full of tears again this weekend. Well, I'm hoping, you know, I'm just hoping, um, well, obviously we win. That's my main hope. But hoping it's a good weekend of football because I know I get excited at Magic Round. I don't know. Yeah, putting good. all the Think teams at the one venue. I don't know why that makes it so good. It just does. It's just it makes it things. an event, doesn't it? It's a big yeah. thing. I like and it from I like Catholic. it from Sydney's point of view. I've never been there, but I'm just watching on TV. Yeah, it's great. I I just feel like even I'm a part of Magic Round, even though I'm watching it from 
my lounge room. I'll take it a step further. Even when I watch the Super League's Magic Round. Yes. I, yes. I feel like it's it's a big event and it's amazing and I feel a part of it from, from here. So, so yeah, absolutely. I agree with your, your sentiment there. And how good would it be, a full week of football at Suncorp Stadium, if we win? If we win that first game, oh, the rest of the week, it's heaven. Yeah, that's very much true. That's very true. But I'll add this to you. If we've got no old dog, I won't disappoint you. What about the New South government trying to get Magic Weekend, the Magic Round next year? Yeah, the SFS. I'll tell you what, if it's at the SFS next year, which which <laughs> I don't fully agree with, but I think if, if ever New South Wales is going to host it, uh, I'd like to see it in Sydney once next year at the new SFS. That's the, the only reason being the new stadium. I reckon it'll be an amazing event. I don't want to see Sydney hold it for five years or anything like that. I want to see it moving around a bit. And I'd love to see it in Melbourne. I'd love to see it in Perth. How good would even Adelaide be? Auckland. Or Auckland. Auckland mm. would be more obvious. But, like, even I'd pick it outside the box here as well. Like, Adelaide, it's a one of the major cities of Australia. doesn't have a team. It's got great facilities. The NRL coming into town for a whole weekend, every team. That would be pretty cool as well. But uh, if, if Sydney is going to host it, the SFS is cool. Um, I'll, I'll be buying a ticket, that's for sure. I'll yeah. be taking annual leave. Uh, I know it's mostly on the weekend, but I'll be taking annual leave Friday just to prepare. <laughs> and, uh, and you have to have Monday you off. You have a three-day pass, right? Three-day pass, and you have to have Monday off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I just wonder. I want. I just wondering with the the, the announcement of the new uh, state government yeah. made about building the new stadiums. I'm not going into detail of <laughs> what's about the yeah. stadiums, but I wonder now that the grand final has been locked into 2045. Is it? I think it's 2042, but at the moment, it, nothing's been locked in because the New South Wales government can't sign the contract or write up a contract until after the um, the budget is done in, I think, July. So they need to do the budget with that agreement in the budget, then they can do the contract. So uh, technically, legally, there's no agreement at the moment. Okay. But, but once it's done, I think it's 2042. So, so we, we almost got confirmed. I wonder if... Uh, the Premier of New South Wales and the New, uh, New South government uh, are saying we're building these stadiums. Just give us one magic round. At Allianz. <laughs> Part of the deal, yeah. Yeah, I just know. I'm just wondering because, you know, we, we, we're scratching your back with the new stadiums and we're helping you out and we're going to cop yeah. flack by some people, which, you know, any decision anyone makes cops flack by a certain group of people, no matter what the decision yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I wonder if they go, okay, we're doing this for you. We're building the stadiums. We want it here for the weekend. We'll guarantee yeah. it'll be a sellout for three days because there'll be a Sydney yeah. team involved every day, um, let alone mm. with that. Um, you know, we'll do this, we'll do this. It's a brand new stadium. We'll show it off to the whole NRL. Yeah. Um, and we want this in return. We yeah. get the grand finals, we know that, but we want this in return. I wonder if that's something well, where the uh, NRL, sorry, has gone. Okay. You could fair. be right. I, I would have liked to see it in Auckland defeat the Warriors for the last two and a half years. Oh, I agree. Um, of being I agree. Here. Although, I in saying that, if the NRL turn around and say the Warriors are playing, I don't know, 18 out of 24 games in New Zealand next next year, and that's why Magic Rounds in Sydney, I'm fine with that as well. Well, it kind of takes away. It would just be just a normal weekend if almost if Warriors were playing every week almost at home. And they get magic around. That, that, that's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. So if they turn around and say the Warriors actually, because to fake them for the last two and a half years, they get the majority of next season or even all of next season in New Zealand. 
Uh, if, if they work, if the NRL worked that out, but Sydney gets the magic round, uh, I'd be a bit more comfortable with that. But if uh, the Warriors are playing from next year as a normal season, as in you know, 50-50 home and away games, uh, they should get magic round. Mm. Interesting. That is interesting. Oh, anyway, we've talked about a lot of general football stuff. We might have to start a new podcast. But uh, I'm up we'll for speak. that. I'm up for that, and I can, <laughs> we can advertise our other one. Vice versa. <laughs> Don't know if we've got time, mate. <laughs> All right. Right. Until next week, uh, we'll see you, Bulldogs fans. Oh, we'll, you're Queensland-based Bulldogs fans. We'll see you guys on TV.